welcome back, everybody. We are on episode number seven, coming in hot. We still haven't. We have to. We have to edit our episode six because we do like bi-weekly episodes. Yeah. And that episode six is on hot up time right now, and that thing needs to come in. But on this episode, we have we're shifting gears a little bit in the topic that sprung up because we got a friendly message <laughs> from a, a celebrity. I'm not a celebrity. <laughs> That's very true. A, a local, a, a national hero, <laughs> some would say. Dick one for the team. <laughs> the face of Arab activism, maybe? Questionable. <laughs> Our local Linda Sarsour. How about that? I like that. Yeah, I'll How go with that, that for sure. Is, is, is Linda from Missouri? Okay, let's not No, she's from New York. You're Missouri's yeah. Linda. How about that? All right, cool. Yeah, yeah Missouri's <laughs> Linda. There we go. We got Yasmin Yunus on the podcast, everybody. <laughs> oh, hello, Sad. Oh, hello, Sad. That's our live audience right there. <laughs> well, because you messaged us and you said you wanted to do a an episode on Arab activism. Yeah, definitely. And I know your brother, Yusuf. I've known him for a while. Yeah. And I, I actually had no idea you were... Um, about your activism, about the things you did at college, and about your speech and everything. So I was, I was shook. Did you know? Did you know Yasmin before this? I mean, I know her because my brother went to high school with you. Yeah, Mustafa. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've known Yusuf since like we were kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, actually, with the Boston. So Yasmin um, gave a speech at her graduation ceremony at Boston. Boston University. And during her speech, she ended with um, "Free Palestine" and "Black Lives Matter." Yep. And she talked about. Um, her struggles being out of woman in the U.S. and how your dad's name, Luat, yeah, was like a huge uh, part of like your identity crisis, and yep. and then how you overcame that. Um, so actually, one know. of my my cousin lives in Florida. She sent me the video of you. Wait, for real? Yeah, and <laughs> she was crazy. like, "Oh my god, check this out. This is really interesting." And I'm like, "Oh, I know her brother. They're <laughs> 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 from actually like she sent it like during the summer." Because, you know, yeah. this happened in May. Yeah, yeah. And then Yusuf was at our house almost, like, every other night during Ramadan. Yeah. And I was like, oh, her brother was just, like, here last night. <laughs> but, yeah. Now we get to meet the whole fam. We met your grandma, too. Oh, my God. Isn't she the best? Your grandma is the <laughs> sweetest She's the lady. Best. And she does, like, she does, like, a, a neural... What does she do? She, what's her What's her her career? I was she I was did shook. um geology. Yeah, geology, I'm pretty sure. Wait, geology? Yeah. She was like a professor, and I'm pretty sure it was yeah, geology. Like, was, it, was it geology? Yeah, it was geology. No, I think you're talking about her aunt, Dr. Haifa, right? Are you talking about my aunt? Yeah. Cause Is that doc- your aunt? Well, yeah, because Dr. Haifa, she's OB. Yeah, she's OB. Because we, we went we went to your house, like, this was a year ago. Oh, no, no, you, definitely, you probably met my grandma, for sure. That's uh, definitely your oh, grandma. Oh, okay, okay. Sweetest lady. She's so cute. I love uh, her. Like, I don't know how y'all do it. Everyone's super successful and on their <laughs> shit. And Taking like, it till you make it, man. I'm telling you, it's fake <laughs> it till you make is it. Is that what it is? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> we're super happy you reached out, though. Honestly, no, I mean, because I saw, when I saw you guys were, like, asking for people to come on, I thought it'd be a really great opportunity to kind of talk about activism, just because it's not something that, like, it's something that we're all super aware of, Mm -hmm. especially within the Arab and Muslim communities and with everything going on right now, but it's not something that people tend to talk about for some reason. You're right. And, like... Which is perfect for us. Exactly. That's what this is about. Um, And so I was like, you know what, like, I don't mind biting the bullet and just shooting my shot saying if you guys wanted me to come on and just talk about this because you know you guys are palestinians and activism is a really big thing so mm-hmm. yeah 
and so. swish. Now you're here. You sh- your shot worked. It did, Steph honestly. Curry the, on the three-point Honestly, line. first time I shot shot my shot, and it worked. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wide open shot. Dang. No one was taking those kind of shots. <laughs> We're accepting everyone in our DMs. It's easy, ladies and gents. It's easy. But you said something on in your one of your posts. It's creeping yeah. your Instagram, right? Yeah. And it, it was exactly paralleled why we started this podcast. And I'm, I'm wondering... Because you, you said, what was the quote? Could you read the quote on the notes? Yeah. Um, you said, growing up as an Iraqi Muslim in a white community, I had to work harder to be taken just as seriously as everyone else. From a young age, I masked my insecurities and lack of confidence by overachieving. Mm-hmm. First of all, uh, love how open you are Thank about you. that. Thank you. Because that's something we strive to do is to be open and honest. Because that's really hard to admit. And we, for me personally... We started this podcast because we didn't have a platform to relate to as mm-hmm. kids. I grew up in an all-white high school, no Arab. Yeah. So I, I had, I didn't have a platform. There was no, like, sort of, role model in the media to look up to and everything. Yeah, yeah. Did, that influenced you heavily, as to be active, and to do a speech like that. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, I mean, the same thing. Growing, I went to, I went to Parkway, but like Parkway was oh, okay, yeah. like for the most part. There were, like, what, five, six Muslim kids. Like, I think I was the only Iraqi for a really long time. Um, and I didn't have, like, I had people who, like, kind of got me, but, like, not really. And so for me, I kind of realized that I have this personality. I'm not afraid to speak out. I'm not afraid to, like, just speak publicly and, st- like, to share my opinions and thoughts. And I know that, like, a younger version of myself could have really used someone like me, right, which is exactly, exactly why, like, as I've grown up and I've become more confident with myself and, you know, that fake self-confidence turned into real self-confidence, I thought this would be perfect for somebody who is younger, like my cousins who are 13 and 14. Like, I know they could probably use someone like myself or like you guys or a podcast like this. And so that's kind of what was the initial, I think, drive to just do what it is that I'm doing because I get people sending me messages, commenting on, like, my Facebook or Instagrams or whatever, especially after, like, the speech and everything, saying, like, you've inspired me to Mm -hmm. do X, Y, and Z. And that's an amazing feeling, but it's also really validating for, like, what it is that I'm doing and what, like, what this podcast kind of stands for. I could could imagine because that blew up. Yeah, that was crazy. By the way, are you sick about talking about it, or can we totally bug you on it? I don't know. You can totally, like, I mean, I don't mind talking about it. You can bug me. It's just... For me, it was so surreal because that was the last thing that I was expecting to happen. Like, yeah. I literally just wrote this speech one night when I had really bad jet lag when I was visiting family in Kuwait. And it just came from the heart. And I actually had no idea that it was going to get picked to be the undergraduate speech because I didn't think it was good enough. Yeah. And it did. And then I just... That's crazy. Yeah, like, I had no idea that it was going to go... You shot You shot it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> You're shooting threes on three. I know. Keep this shooting. normally doesn't happen, though, so this is crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. So, oh, I forgot what I was going to ask. Ask if she's getting sick of... Um... Oh, but you're, but you're not sick of it. But I wanted to say, so you, you went into it not even thinking that this was going to be the outcome. You oh, just... no, not at all. Like, the... I just wrote the speech because I had a story and I wanted to share that story and I was really motivated um, to 
be the undergraduate speaker because I actually found out like both my brother and I, our graduation ceremonies where we would get our diplomas were the exact same date and time. And so I was trying to figure out a way where like my parents could attend both my graduation and my brother's graduation. And I was like, okay, I'm going to submit this speech, see if it happens. And if it works out, you know, I'll get to give the speech and my parents can go to Yusuf's graduation first and then come to Boston to see me give the speech, which would be more important. And it actually worked out and then kind of blew up from there, which is yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. Because we, I mean, when we started this podcast, we, we got, we got what, 270 followers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's small. At the same time, the amount of good reactions that we got. Yeah. It was crazy. We were so surprised. And then looking at how big the video and the speech was that you did, yeah. I couldn't even imagine the amount of support and the amount of comments, yeah. the amount of messages you're probably getting. Could you talk about that? Yeah. So for like a good three weeks, I woke up every single morning to like 30, 40 messages in my inbox, people finding my email, like finding yeah. me on Facebook, um, commenting on like the very few, very public posts that I have on Facebook. Um and like just saying things like Yasmin, you know, you are amazing or like one of the my favorite comments that I've ever received was somebody saying like, Yasmin, you've distilled the water, like the water of the Tigris and Euphrates rivers and like saying I'm the 21st century queen of Babylon. I've made. Holy moly. Uh, yeah, like they, wow. they were saying like I'd always were saying like we've you've made us so proud and. You know, thank you for making us proud of who we are and for being exactly what the world needs to see. And just all of these, like, I was so humbled because I had no idea that my words had that kind of an impact. Yeah. And I didn't think that they would. And the craziest thing was the fact that so many people related to it, mm-hmm. which was because I just didn't, I you know, it's just my story. I didn't think that my, like, my story would be as relatable as it was. And just to see that it influenced so many people in such a positive way and like validated whatever experiences that they were dealing with and struggling with and gave them hope mm-hmm. was unreal. And like, I'm so thankful for it yeah. and for all of the messages and everything I received from every person. It almost seems like our people are starving for that kind of perspective so yeah. much that whenever they actually finally see it, yeah, it's like the the uh the support is like almost overwhelming it's yeah it's crazy. and that goes hand in hand with arab activism because For sure. it's like because it's like you don't see like a lot of arabs out there i mean a lot of us are doing really great things but i feel like nobody focuses on that because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not attractive or right, it's right. not it's not what like the western media wants to show about arabs and muslims yeah and so when we're able to break those barriers and mm-hmm. somehow go viral or for something to like go big, it's the best thing ever for our communities because finally there's somebody out there doing something and showing the world like what Arabs and Muslims and all like what we're really like rather than what certain groups or certain types of people or the media kind of wanted to depict us as. Yeah, I think that's an important point too. That yeah. there there is there are people doing yeah. amazing things. Yeah, you, just, you don't. We're not told about it. Exactly. It's not in the spotlight. Exactly. And yeah, you do have to break out in like a weird viral yeah. way to be uh, even to be able to, to be see noticed. That. Yeah. To be noticed. Exactly. It's sad. So wait, what what inspired you to um to end with Free Palestine and Black Lives Matter? So basically, like around the time it was the I think the Great Return March that was like when those Friday protests were kind of starting because of the 
um, what was going on in Gaza. And so I knew that the crowd was going to be supposedly about 27,000 people. And I kind of thought, you know, with what's going on and I have this platform, I've got to say something. And mm. I was contemplating for weeks. I was like talking to like some of my closest friends. I was like, guys, you think I should do this? Like, you think I'll get in trouble? Like, do you think like trolls are going to come out after me and try to like ruin my job prospects or like whatever is going to happen? And um, I was like, they told me, you know, think about it. Maybe you should do it. You know, you're probably you're going to have your diplomas. So, like, why not? And I thought to myself, let's see how I feel when I'm on stage. And as I was giving the speech, I was like feeling myself. And the fact that our commencement speaker was John Lewis, I was like, all right, this is perfect. And I just decided to say it. Like, no, my family had no idea that I was going to say it. Nobody really had, other than a couple of close friends. Oh, you kept it tight. Yeah, I kept it really tight. Because I knew if my parents found out, they would like, kiss me. Oh, like, they're like, no, don't, don't you dare do it. <laughs> um, but I was like, you know what? Screw it. Like, I've got my diploma. The university can't do anything to me <laughs> at this point. And it's the, per like, this is the only opportunity that I'll be able to have to speak to so many people. And it's kind of like my duty as an activist. You know, when you're given a platform that big, you've got to go all out. And so that's what I decided to do. And I just bit the bullet and did it. Yeah. Any backlash from the university or? Oh, yeah, for sure. I got a lot of people like saying some really nasty things to me. Um, was that like f actual faculty or was that just like random people off the internet? Random people were saying like found like just as positive things were sent to me. A lot of negative things oh, yeah. went my way as well. For sure. um, one of my best friends, she worked at the dean of students office and she was telling me that literally for the last like the couple days or weeks after it happened the university received so much hate like donors called to like yell at the university a lot of people withdrew funding um, oh, wow. yeah so people were not happy but like the the fact the university couldn't really do anything to me because I'd already gotten my diploma like I they had no idea that it was going to be said so they couldn't necessarily punish me but I think the university received some backlash and I'm pretty sure come mm -hmm. next year they're going to be very careful as to who oh, says what yeah, yeah. and like the whole vetting process sort of thing that's crazy yeah yeah wow it was, people it was were crazy. pulling out money yeah and then you know money talks so I bet they were but the, but you didn't receive any sort of punishment Nothing. or anything no I didn't receive any punishment because how like they couldn't do anything First, yeah, that's what I'm saying yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know how it works but yeah 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 you're right though you got your diploma you're out of there exactly <laughs> what are they gonna do like if I had a summer course if I had to stay for another semester I probably would have gotten a lot of trouble but nope and at the good. same time the f you didn't receive hate or anything from the faculty or no um I like some some of the professors were actually like really impressed with it um, I remember watching the video because they looked like happy about it I see I saw some of the people lined up behind you yeah while talking. yeah there was one person I in particular I think was was really happy because I was checking on Twitter after it happened and they tweeted something being like like a student said like the commencement speaker said black lives matter like rock on sort some sort of thing yeah, so I think yeah. they're pretty happy about it Surprisingly. That's amazing. Yeah, it was cool. You want to you talk about um, how you're politically active and yeah. what kind of organizations and yeah, where is all that passion coming from and being like, I know for autops, like, you know, being an, a doctor, an engineer is like the way to go because that's how yeah. our parents view success. But with you, yeah. you're taking this route that's just like, you know, our parents are not like happy about, but like, you know, yeah. they're just kind of letting us do what you do. So what, what are you involved in? What are you, what's like, inspiring what you to do all these kind of things? So I think the le like 
I was raised just like if any if I ever saw anything bad to speak out Mm -hmm. and so just that kind of has always stuck with me um and so what I do to stay politically active like in call I mean I'm a I'm less politically active now that I'm out of college but um I was involved in a lot of like leftist groups I guess or like I, a lot of my friends were really politically active, and so we weren't necessarily part of like specific organizations, but we were the kind of people that knew what was going on in our communities and would have these kinds of discussions and like show up to different protests or different events or um, things like that. So I like I was a part of Students for Justice in Palestine when I was an undergrad. Um, and yeah, I guess, like, there aren't particular groups, I guess, that I would say I'm a part of, but it's just so consistently surrounding myself by attending events, mm-hmm. keeping my, like, staying kind of up to date with what's going on, you know, using social media to kind of be able to learn and read, a, like, read more and also just genuine, like, just personal education, just like reading, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know if that answers that, but. So you know. wh- why do you think activism is important? I mean, because... It's just, it's going back to that what I was taught is just if you ever see anything wrong, mm-hmm. you know you got to speak out. And as an Arab, as a Muslim, like I want to be treated equally, and I know with people within my community want to be treated equally as as well. And if we don't stand up and speak out, you know, for other groups and also for our own groups, how do we expect any change to kind of happen? Um, and so like. Well, sorry, I'm rambling a bit. No, but like, no, it's good. No, no, no. It's true. But, like, it's just anytime, like, you want change to happen, you know, it's not just going to happen. Like, you've got to work towards it. Yeah. And so it's so important that we have people with, like, within our own groups, you know, speak out, like, myself or, you know, people from other marginalized groups just speaking out to kind of give, like, mm-hmm agency to the cause or to kind of give a voice to it um and what kind of like in terms of activism like what does it what does it mean to you what does it mean to be um active or be participating in activism or to be promoting change like what does that look like what does it mean to you I think it it takes a lot of different forms, you know, like there are people who are down to be in the front lines, like at the protests, you know, who aren't afraid to get arrested. Like that's definitely activism. But I also think it could be somebody who, you know, may not feel who's someone who may not feel comfortable, you know, being in the front lines. They may be afraid, you know, to get arrested or, for example, their parents may not let them go out. Like if they want to go to a protest, you know, taking it to social media to share what they think is right or to educate other people um it could just be attending events and just kind of keeping yourself up to date so you know like you're aware of what's right and what's wrong so you can speak out whether that means amongst your friends like for example if you're i don't know just hanging out with people and some people say some kind of problematic thing and you know what's kind of wrong you tell them hey like that's not cool like that i think is of a mine like a very minor form of activism but i think it's just it can be anything from being out in the picket lines getting arrested to just you know educating those around you that you may feel comfortable with mm-hmm. um just because people have different comfort levels people yeah, yeah, like exactly so there's, there's different levels way. yeah there are a lot of levels. levels to it i don't think there's because I, I don't think there's one way to kind of subscribe to activism into like what it is 
Right. And it's kind of interesting because, I mean, the whole, like, political shift that happened in the Middle East. Yeah. In, like, in 2011 with in Tahrir Square mm-hmm. were, was started by college students. You yeah. know, were, like, in leftist kind of groups. And yeah. it grew to be, like, this massive thing. So why do, why, why do you think that? Why do you think it's just... It always starts with the youth or college students. You know, not saying like college students are like the ones that are initiating these kind of things, but yeah. they're like a catalyst, right? They're yeah. used for like, and specifically like in Palestine. I mean, I know it happened in Egypt with the Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. It started like in 1928 or something, and it was like some college student that just wanted, you know, something different other than fighting um, colonizers and stuff. He wanted like mm-hmm. more of like a conservative group, and that's why he founded the Brotherhood. But that's besides the point. In in Palestine in Birzeit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Birzeit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they use their kind of SGA as like a political kind of like um, what's the word? Student government association. Yeah, the student government association. They're like who? Are, like how are the political spectrum is in Palestine? Their kind of student government body kind of replicates that. Mm-hmm. So whenever there's like you know advocates for like I mean there's like a lot of I guess favor for like Hamas and then you see like the student body like you know replicate that like and being like more conservatives and stuff. So why do you think there's a lot of, well, that's where it starts, why is college campuses, the youth is where a lot of this activism kind of begins? I think it's because when you're young, you know, you've got all this energy and like you're figuring yourself out and you're mm-hmm. kind of exposed and you're given a lot of independence in a way that you're not usually, you know, used to receiving like when you're younger. For example, for me, like my activism really did start in college. And I can say it was because I was exposed to new environment and there was all, I was getting exposed to all these new ideas and I finally had this freedom. So I think it's because of the fact that you have freedom, you have the freedom to experiment, to experiment with thought, to be able to kind of go about and do kind of whatever you want to do without Mm -hmm. restraints of like parents or like what people might say is like socially acceptable or not um and and it's just like youthful energy i think is one of the biggest things as well that drives it yeah it's almost like we're 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 not beaten by beaten down by life yet yeah (laughs) so we're almost like (laughs) we're almost like optimistically we have the optimistic energy like we can make a change and everything because i wanted to say because you're you made an important point on your speech you said if had you told your parents they would have been like no do not do that yep because fear and risk and they don't know the outcome. Exactly. Why do you, why do you think, um, I guess not why do you think, but like that's a, that's a real thing. What do your parents think of it after the fact? My parents are very proud of it. Like my mom, actually it's really cute. Like she'll check to see how many views it has. Cause she's like, oh my God, he's mean. Like, did you see it has this many views now? Cause she's super proud of it. And my dad also is like super proud of it and super impressed and just amazed to see that you know I was able to kind of share my story but do it in a way that kind of changed the game or changed the world in a sense and so obviously in hindsight they're like they're super happy that Mm -hmm. I said what I said um but obviously like they wouldn't have wanted it to happen yeah, and that's usually how it works yeah it's it? exactly it's usually <laughs> how it works and i don't really know why that's the case but like that is the case so uh to bring the focus back to us Arabs here in the u.s yeah um what role should Arabs play in promoting our culture and our faith using activism i think you know Arabs need to be more present and more active because I have this, I feel like the community 
there are people who are politically active and there are people who are involved, but like that's like five or ten percent. And I feel like it's like Arabs and Arab Americans are very subscribed to like certain issues. Like obviously Palestine is a huge one where like everyone shows up, everyone cares about it. But then comes like Black Lives Matter, you know, people don't people then start to kind of back away from it and they're not interested or they're like, oh, like, I don't, it doesn't really affect me. So like, why should I show up? Why should I care? And I think like with that, for example, I mean, like a third of American Muslims are, are black. And so it does affect you in a certain sense if you're out of, because you probably have Muslim friends if you're not a Muslim. And like, you've got like, you know, black people, you know, you're kind of surrounded by it. Like it, because it indirectly affects you, you should still care about it. And I think, like, Arabs need to, and Arab Americans need to kind of realize that if an issue doesn't directly affect them, they should still care about it because, like Arabs, we have our own issues. You know, we get discriminated against, um, especially, like, post-9-11, post-Iraq war era. Like, people don't really like us. Mm -hmm. And if we want to be treated the same way as everybody else and given the same respect, you know, we have to show up for uh, for other groups. Because I'm a firm believer, yeah. and I think like a lot of people may agree, like should agree, or I think a lot of people agree with this that if one group isn't free or isn't given the same respect, you know, all marginalized groups aren't free. Like nobody's free. So when so when do you know when to be an ally or when to like you know just pass the mic to someone whose voices are marginalized or un- unheard? Like how do you know when to do when? And especially for us Arabs, right? Yeah, I think we do have somewhat more of a privilege than black people? Oh, for sure. Yeah, so that's a really good question. And I think, like, specific, I guess, to Black Lives Matter, like, if you're not black, you know, you got to take the back seat. Like, you can show up and you can support and you can say, hey, I, I'm here for you. Whatever you need, I can provide that. That's how I would say to be an ally. And if somebody was to come up to you or like a media person you know knew that you were an activist or like for example if a media person came up to me knew that i was an activist and was involved with black lives matter and wanted to get my opinions on it you know i would kind of deflect and be like hey first i think you should talk to like x y and z person who's black because their opinion actually matters more on this issue than i do Mm -hmm. so kind of acknowledging your privilege as an arab and as somebody who's not black Mm -hmm. and you know taking a step back from that and just, I guess, providing support whenever they need it, but making sure that you're not taking over the spotlight. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. Deferring I mean, to people with more perspective than, than yourself, or an expertise. And, yeah, exactly. And experience. And, and I think you made an important point in your previous um, statement where you said we don't show up to, like Autumn specifically, we don't show up to other people's yeah. issues or protests. I don't, or get, I don't get it. Like, I don't I'm know. not I don't really sure either. <laughs> that's, that's very interesting. Actually, Rebecca brought up, brought up this. Rebecca's our friend, and we kind of had like something similar to this in the past, like a yeah. podcast. Yeah. And She's politically woke. She knows. Yeah, she knows what's going on. Um, so there was like a Syrian protest that was happening here in St. Louis. Yeah. And I think like a couple months before, there was like another Palestinian protest. Mm-hmm. And in the Palestinian protest, like most of the Palestinians here in the community came out, and it was like a huge crowd. Mm-hmm. But when a Syrian protest happens, no Palestinians were there, very small crowd, and like no representation from like the Arab community here in St. Louis to support the Syrian cause. Yeah. So why do you think that is? Why? Do, I mean, this is probably like a Palestinian issue, but yeah. 
like on an Arab scale, do we do you think Palestinians victimize themselves more than they need to be to kind of like you know get more support from Ooh. other? That's a hard question because like I don't question. know how to answer that because I don't want to like because I'm not Palestinian so I can't right, really right. say like do Palestinians victimize themselves? I think like. I think it goes back to because the issue doesn't directly affect them. Mm. They're like, oh, what's the point of us showing up? Like, they're like, I'm not as driven to come out. And I think that's where the problem lies. Yeah, it just goes back to the whole if it doesn't directly affect you, like, you're just not going to come. You're not going to show up because what's the point? Right. And don't you think that's like a the leaders in the community's kind of fault? Yeah. Because. Where they're not like kind of like woke enough to, you know, hold people accountable and to like have representations from like other communities, I guess, there. Honestly, I think it deals with it could be like this. It, I want to say not racism, because I don't know if Arabs can be racist towards like other Arabs. In the the sense prejudice. Of, like, I yeah. Like, I, I think prejudice is the best is a better word where it's like we like it typically is, you know, Iraqis think that they're better than all other Arabs and like. Yeah, um, so like, I think every Arab yeah, thinks they're better than every other. And like, I think that's probably what it is where it's like, oh, I really only care about Palestinians because I'm Palestinian. And like, sure, yeah. Sir- what's going on in Syria is rough, but like, you know, we got it all so bad in Palestine. So like, we should care about that. Because actually, I mean, one of the pieces, like, one of the backlash backlash that I got for my speech actually from a lot of Iraqis was the fact that I said nothing about Iraq when mm. I was like oh mm-hmm. I said like free Palestine and Black Lives Matter they're like well what about Iraq like you know we've got sh- like shit going on too yeah, yeah. why don't you say anything about that and I was like my response to that and, like my, my parents and I we were discussing that because my dad brought that up too he's like you should have said that I was like you know Sure, what's going on there is bad, but I think this issue takes more precedent because of it's timely. It's more, it's it needs like a spotlight, and so I think that Arabs tend to lack that perspective mm-hmm. of, you know, recognizing when one issue I think is more important than the other. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It seems like we all have it. Honestly, in the Middle East, it's like we all have it so bad that. It's like we're in scarcity and we have to like focus on our own things. Exactly. But we realize if we like if we actually did focus on each other, yeah, it would compound and everyone would have a voice. Exactly. Like I think people tend like it's just it's it's like oh woe is me I have it worse than you. Like everyone's trying to prove how they have it worse than each other rather than kind of realizing like oh we all have it bad. Like why don't we unite and like mm-hmm. recognize that like oh if you. Like, it would be so much more powerful if, like, all the Palestinians in St. Louis came out. To and supported see, Syria. To support Syria. Because then, yeah, like, yeah. the Syria, like, all if all the Syrians came out, you know, mm-hmm. to support that. Like, that sort of thing. What is what is the state of Arab activism in the U.S.? And because in my, in my view, it's like, I don't know if, has there ever been a time in the Middle East specifically where we've been more divided as Arab? I, I would almost think, like, no, this has been, like, the worst division between other Arabs in history with everything that's going on I'm I could be wrong that's just a thought but where do you think Arab activism is now and especially in the St. Louis area because I've been I've been sort of politically apathetic my whole life and getting yeah. into this I'm starting to like yeah like, oh this is nice this actually feels good like this I'm I, I do I can't make a difference like I, I I do have a voice and like 
it actually feels good just to do it. Yeah. Whether or not I'm making huge changes or not, I don't even care. I just feel good about doing exactly. it. Exactly. So where do you think we are now? I think in terms of Arab activism, like for Arab Americans in the States, I think it's getting better. Um, and I think it's because conversations are happening and people are starting to realize like you know we need to unite like we actually are getting targeted more especially with like the current administration and all this stuff going on like Arabs are starting to realize we gotta do something because it's getting to a point where like if you don't do anything it's just gonna get worse Um, and I think and I think in St. Louis I also think it's getting better like I'm not saying it's amazing because it's definitely not but I think people are getting more and more aware and more woke mm-hmm. because we kind of have to be. Because the pressure's building. Exactly. And it's kind of a shame that it's taking, like, this pressure to kind of make it happen yeah. when it should inherently just be there. Because, like, I mean, as Muslims, like, it's in our religion to kind of be activists almost. Um, and For sure. And, like culturally er, we we have this mentality of like you know we got to be good people we have to stand up for what's right um and so and i and i think in st louis it is it's getting better as well i think there people are starting to organize more i think that with like this podcast i think with um the fact that there are universities here like going back to the original like an earlier point that you made mahdi about um the fact that like a lot of activism kind of stems from universities like the fact that there are universities here Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of young people like people are starting to get more and more active but i think there's still a lot more room for growth oh absolutely what where do we compare on the map to like a chicago to like a new york we're a very small city oh yeah yeah yeah. you can't i feel like it's like comparing like apples to oranges sort of thing like like i think Obviously, like Chicago, New York, Boston, because I can speak for Boston, like it's super, super politically active. Is it really? Yeah. Because I have no idea. Yeah. Like, what's it like? So Boston and it's I, I want to say it's largely in part of the fact that like there's so many universities in Boston. So there's so many young people that there's always stuff going on. Like anytime anything has ever like happened, there's always been a protest, whether it's like five people showing up and like or like and carrying signs to like thousands of people showing up um and i think the same can be said in new york and chicago yeah. la like all the big cities yeah youth is are a huge thing for like for activism yeah it's all these things like all these initiatives and all these like you know protests and all these things are you know start with with the youth and it's yeah. especially like an out of world because it's like that's where most of the intellectuals and people who are like care about these kind of issues that's where they go and discuss things and talk you know that's that's their space. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know, like St. Louis here, it's not like that big. We rarely have an SJP here. But, but. I do have to say, though, like looking because um, a couple years ago when Black Lives, when the Black Lives Matter protests were a big thing, um, I remember coming out when the hi- like the highway shut down. Yeah, yeah. And like that was I mean, that was a very beautiful like moment in terms of St. Louis activism. And I specifically remember seeing a lot of Palestinian people actually showing up. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, yeah, like there were were tons of Palestinians (laughs) out there um, protesting. Like I saw so many kafiyas and I was like, this is, and I think, because for me, like that was a really big um, part of kind of what kickstarted my activism was Black Lives Matter. And so I think maybe for like the state of Arab Americans and Arabs in St. Louis specifically, like I think 
it, oh well um like that's oh you're good i'm good okay cool like i think the same can be said for those as well because like that there were a lot of palestinians and i think other arabs who showed up for that too why do you think we we relate so much to the black lives matter movement oh well, i wrote a whole paper on this yeah tell me i mean because the 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 struggles are very similar um it's a fight for liberation it's a fight for you know just the the will like the freedom to live to be accepted you know a lot of police brutality is a big thing like with um black folk in america they've struggled with a lot of police brutality and, I, and the same can be said instead of police it's the military the idf um and i think there's like it's and it's almost that it's the state going and fighting against the people and i think that's kind of what bridges the two together um and so i think I think that's like the major similarity between the two. Yeah, it's interesting because I grew up in Liblad and like in the wake of like the second intifada yeah. is when we came here. Yeah. And going to the Ferguson protests when all these things were happening, yeah. it's, it was like a parallel reality between being there and witnessing like the police force coming in with like their gear and like throwing smoke grenades and smoke mm-hmm. bombs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And going to Yasser Arafat's compound in Ramallah mm-hmm. and, you know, seeing literally we had these guys from Fatah that would come to our school yeah. with masks. And then tell us, like, we need to go to his compound to, like, you know, defend his, like, place and, you know, throw rocks at the IDF and stuff. And, you know, seeing how the IDF reacts when we got there and then seeing how Ferguson police reacted when the protesters were, were all there. It was like so surreal. And I felt like I was back in Ramallah yeah. for like a quick second. Yeah. And that's and like how I, because I remember when I was like at those protests too. I mean, I've never been in a situation where it, it was parallel, but like it felt what I saw in the news and like what I saw people like people posting in Palestine. It just, it felt like that I was there too. Like I was, you know, five feet away from me I saw people just peacefully sitting down and like just being civilly disobedient I guess is the right way to say it mm-hmm. and getting beaten by batons because they wouldn't move but they couldn't move because they were maced in the face so they couldn't even see yeah. and it was just it's crazy brutal. to see yeah it was crazy to see that and and as you said like that's that was the reality back in Palestine as well so yeah you want to know something crazy yeah. ironic so whenever the um, the Kali um, uh, case happened here, this was like last year or like the year before, Stock Kali. Wait, who's that? Oh, God, I can't remember the, his name. Mike. Oh, no. oh, 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 the, the 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 one who was the he was on. Um, was it like death row or something? Yeah, yeah something yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah. Anyway, there was all these protests happening here in St. Louis, and there was one in in Central West End mm-hmm. where they marched to Linda Krausen's, the mayor, yeah. to her house because, like, you know, she was not really doing anything. And there was, like, a row of police officers, like, blocking the road from, like, people. Were they in riot gear? Yeah, they were in riot gear and oh everything. And, oh, my God, like, I wish, like, if, and if I can, like, wish for one thing, it would be, like, to take the video that I recorded so I took my phone and I put it like next to the to the curb, and like literally, like no one was like daring like to come close to those guys in the right gear. Yeah. I put my phone down and recorded a video of me walking up and standing right in front of those police officers in this right gear, and like I'm just looking at them, and like I'm having flashbacks of like you know me meeting like the hood for the first time, yeah. 
And then like I just walked back and I took my phone. My phone turned off, and then the video was like never like saved. But oh, anyway, no, oh no, I know it was like I wish that would have been a sick video. But anyway, so like you know they waited until like all the protesters got there, and then they you know started like throwing smoke grenades and stuff, and like everyone like were running for their lives. Yeah. And in, like there was like a synagogue at the end of the street, and they told everyone to go into the synagogue. So like you know they won't arrest anyone. So like I'm sitting in, in front of the in the synagogue, and it's just a bunch of like you know white people, black people, and they're all like being housed and they're giving us free food, free like drinks and stuff. And we were literally until like three in the morning because like anyone that would walk out of the synagogue would have been arrested. So like I'm sitting and I'm like, wow, like this is exactly happening in Palestine. I have like these Jews who are like saving me from like you know mm-hmm. potentially being arrested and stuff. And like in Lublad, it just I don't know. It was just like this weird ironic thing that I was just like, yeah, you're just like, oh, what do I even believe in? Yeah, what is going on? Yeah. But it was it was insane. Yeah, that's. But okay, so like just to go back, switch gears here. We always like, this is always thrown out like attacking for right? Like you know, going to protests and going to all these things. It's yeah. just like, you know, I was because I was recording all the videos on live and stuff, and yeah. it was like, oh, what are you doing? Go home. Like you know, some of my other friends like this is nonsense and whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's always like it's attacking for Like you know, who cares about these things? You know, it's yeah. just not it's not affecting us. Like so why do why do bother? Um, so what's the most effective way for us to partake in activism? What's something that should like, okay, we should just, you know, do it this way. We should protest. We should, you know, focus on policy. We should, you know, become politicians. Or I think what it comes down to is educating yourself. I think that's the very first step. And the most important is just being aware of the issues, understanding what's going on, understanding why it's wrong, and educating yourself by talking to different members of marginalized groups um and knowing the history i think of activism is super important like reading you know anything like malcolm x angela davis like any like any of these like huge figures you know reading what they have to say like for me that was really big because Mm -hmm. it made me realize the importance of like intersectionality and the importance of like voicing my thoughts and my opinions and i think just not being afraid to have uncomfortable conversations with like your friends and you know not being afraid to get serious with your friends because i feel like Arabs, you know like we don't we don't like to have these serious uncomfortable conversations when it's pertaining to issues that we might not really understand or like that we might not Mm -hmm. relate to um i think knowing what's going on in the community like if there's a protest going on you know if you are able to go show up like get friends like make mm-hmm. it kind of a social thing i think that's like maybe making activism fun in yeah, a way enjoyable yeah like enjoy like as in like getting just get some friends to go like um and to have fun because i think like or not have fun but like because i think once enjoy you're there, the process yeah, enjoy the process because like you were saying like just having these conversations, or like having this conversation, has is making you feel good. Exactly. And I think riding on that high is super, super important. And I think it, it makes it enjoyable in a mm-hmm. sense, and kind mm-hmm. of is what would keep people going. It builds mm-hmm. momentum. Exactly. Even just sitting down here. Yeah. I'm feeling it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so why do you think the community is like super critical of people who are like engaging in these things, who are like active? Part of it is because it's like it's a hand. Like people think it's Ab. Like for example, for, I I mean like I'm honestly like for yeah, for a girl to go like 
I remember when the when the Ferguson protests were going, I Oh yeah. I begged my parents to let me go. I was like, Mama Baba, please let me go to Ferguson. Like, I know it's scary, but like it's so important that we show up. And my parents were like, Absolutely not. Like there's no way that you're gonna go. Like a girl like you going out in the streets like this, like I think it's cause yeah, like it's just it's I have like they're like <laughs> someone else can do it. Like you don't need to do it. And I think that's the mentality that a lot of Arabs have yeah. is we know someone's gonna show up, so that's so there's no need for you to. And I, so, like, I think trying to combat that and go over, get yeah, over that. Yeah, that mentality like cares with everyone. Like even like yeah. with voting, right? Like, oh, my vote is not gonna count. Exactly. You know, it, someone else will vote. It's like that's I think. How I, th- <laughs> yes, I mean, that's how a lot of us. I'm think. being like, honest I, with you. Like literally, my entire life, I have been politically apathetic. Up until, like, I but got that, to college. But, like, and that can change. Like, it can change at any point. Like, it's never too late. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. um, it's, like, if you can accept the fact that it may not change the world, like, maybe kind of have, like, a smaller goal or, like, think, you know, if I can influence one person. Yeah. That's all you need to do. Yeah, you're right. Coming from my own perspective, like, yeah. I'm, like... If I can't change everything, then I'm not gonna do nothing. Exactly. Like I, I'm like I'm like I gotta lower my expectations. Exactly. Because this is a, this is something you build into and you grow. And I I, I don't like know why are... I thought like that. Like I had to do massive amounts of work and change, or else it's not worth it. When it's really that's not the case at all. It's a re- terrible way to think about it. Yeah, it's definitely a really like it's a really unproductive way to think about yeah. it. I think. Because then you have so much fear and anxiety about doing it because then you have to do so much and you have to yeah yeah i think that's a really important point is that you start small yeah you got to start small and if you can get one person to get excited about activism and like to go out and join you in a protest like that's something that's no like that's no joke like that's an amazing accomplishment actually um and getting a couple of people Mm -hmm. excited about it and you know getting some like five people more politically involved you know that that's the start of a movement and yeah. I think if you can have that perspective, a lot of things can change. And I think the auto community is severely lacking that. And I think if we can just shift the way that we think in that way, like yeah. a lot can happen and a lot can change. Yeah, it's just that's that's very true. There was an incident here a few months ago. Um, some guy, some auto guys that were working at gas stations disrespected this black customer that walked oh, in. I heard about that. And eventually, like the whole community kind of like the black community were like, uproar against them and stuff and their lack of like um sensitivity training and lack of education being educated on those kind of topics so education is a huge key when it comes to these kind of things right but i also think that if like because of like like how i guess wait what what am i trying to say is how these things like these topics affect you yeah kind of goes back to like how active you can be about something like for example, like, you know, I have friends who are, like, DACA recipients, right? Yeah. You know, because of that, like, oh, you know, anything else, like, that doesn't pertain to, to, to the DACA issue, like, they don't care about. But because, yeah. like, you know, DACA is, like, a huge thing now, it's, like, oh, all of a sudden, like, they're politically active. Mm-hmm. I think that's, like, a huge part, like, for the Arab community because a lot of these things, like, don't kind of face them. They're just, yeah. like, here, like, whatever. Like, you know, the, we can't do a lot of change to this country. You know, we're yeah. here as immigrants, and that's just, you know, live yeah, by the, yeah. that's the and I think the other thing too is like I'll, as a child of immigrants and I think for other immigrants our like our parents when 
like my parents when they immigrated, like all they wanted was to just kind of assimilate to mm-hmm. American life, right? right? And so for them, it was never a thing about, you know, sticking out and causing like an uproar or uh, being like out there. They just wanted to kind of fit in. Right. And so they have this idea of like, you know, there's no need for us to kind of like speak out to sh- to make noise and to right. to make trouble. And so I think when they raise us like yes, they tell us, you know, stand up for what's right, but you know, don't cause too much trouble. Right. But I think that's now is like we have this privilege, you know, being Americans and being young, we can make that trouble. Mm-hmm. And so like we kind of just have to be able to combat that sort of old mentality that our parents may have and that and like to be able to kind of make change i guess right yeah yeah so going back to education which is really important how did you start because i see you have you have the fire you got the emotion like you're doing things and you're doing compared to most people like myself (laughs) that that don't how did you start and then what, what would be advice to someone that wants to put their foot in and get their toes wet you know I kind of went like I started when like I saw I think it was for me it was around the time of Black Lives Matter and so a friend of mine actually she texted me and she was like hey Yasmeen do you want to come out with me and this other friend of ours to go protest and I was like yeah like of course I'd love to because I've been wanting to but I didn't know who else to go with and so my friend and I we she made us signs and the three of us carpooled together and we went out and protested. And it was that high that I got and that like, I felt so good because I felt like I made a huge difference even though like I'm just one person. Like I felt like I did something. Like I actually used my voice. And from there like, I was like, I can't stop. Like it was, it was, it kind wow. of, it was just. That's I felt so empowered. So it just, yeah, yeah. it just took you Built taking the step. Yeah, it it literally took my, it, like it took my friend texting me and being like, "Hey, do you want to get a group of us to go?" And so just taking that first step, I yeah. think, is the hardest part. Yeah. But once you do it and you feel like you've made a difference or you've used your vi- your voice for good, like it's you're never gonna stop. Like you're never gonna want to stop. Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest piece of advice I would give to anyone is if there's this little piece inside of you that wants, you know, to go to a protest or to become politically active, like to an extent, just take that risk and go for it because you never know what's going to happen afterwards. You never know how you're going to change or how you're going to grow or like what yeah. impact you're going to make. And how it's so going to make you feel. And how it's going to make you feel exactly. So it's all about just taking that risk and yeah. going for it. I love the point you made where you said, you know, in, in the probably in the grand scheme of humanity, that one protest yeah. probably is, is a drop in the ocean. But at the same time, it made you feel like you were changing everything. Exactly. And that's so important. Like it's, it's crazy how it, it, the smallest thing can – Change your whole thing. Exactly. Change your whole perspective. Actually, well, I just want to ask one question. You, yeah. we, we, she came with us to the Harvard Auto Weekend. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if I don't know which lecture that you came with us to, but there was a, a question that someone else asked us like on our last or like two episodes ago. Uh, the question was, do you think Islamism inhibits democracy? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. That was, that question was asked 
Were you at that one? I'm I don't think I, I don't know if I was no, at that one. No, you were at that one. Because you came on Wait. a Saturday, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I did. I, I, I was there, I was there. Yeah, and it was yeah. like a debate between this guy that was representing Tunis and another guy yeah. that was representing Egypt. Yeah. And that was like the debate around it. Do you remember what was said? I don't, I don't remember what was said, but uh, I remember being there. Yeah, yeah. Do, but do you, you think the, um, Islamism inhibits democracy? Honestly, no. I don't. I don't. Or like, it's a tough question. <laughs> that's a really, that's a really tough question. We did not <laughs> put that one in the notes. Yeah. It's like, oh, so curveball. Like, like, are you saying ext- like kind of extremism? Is it like about just or is it just like Islam in general? Modern or, Islam. That, no, I don't think it inhibits democracy. I think because. The religion, if you were to look up, I feel like on the internet, just Islam and, you know, democracy or Islam and activism or whatever, like a bunch of results are going to come up where it's people being like, or different hadiths or sayings in the Quran, just saying, stand up for what's right, like stand up, like fight for what's right, try to make society better for all. Um so I guess with that, I, I don't think it inhibits it, but I could be completely wrong. Like, I'm no expert. Yeah. <laughs> so, we like, touched about that. We yeah. talked about it a little bit on the podcast. I'd agree, too, because I think Islam has, like, it, it does entail a political structure. Yeah. And it's one that where people get to elect the people yeah. that are making decisions. So I think in that sense, I also am not an expert at all, but yeah. I, would, I would agree <laughs> as a biased Muslim. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think, Matthew? Yeah, what do you think, Matthew? Oh man, I I think it does. I think to a to a certain limit. Oh, here we does. go. Yeah, um, it does inhibit. It does inhibit. Yeah, because I mean, we're told like you know, there's freedom of religion, freedom yeah. of expression, all these things, but I don't think to an extent where it includes um, other a lot religions, of people, and other, other religions, and other yeah, like minorities that and is stuff. That's true. That is Good really point. true. Um, and then you know, especially like during that age, I guess, like when a lot of Arabs like partaking like slave trades and stuff like that yeah. and it was permissible and everything and it was like you know set like guidance to like you know slavery is bad it's horrible it was like it wasn't like favored but it also wasn't like didn't speak Islam didn't speak out, out against it yeah so I think that's like a very problematic like especially like in this day of age oh yeah for sure so, um, so can I change my answer and say that I do <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you <laughs> dang <laughs> me too hold on me like, uh, okay I'm sticking. I'm sticking like that. Where are we at on time? When, uh, when did we get here? I think we're at about an hour. Okay, we'll probably we'll ask a couple more questions. Well, where are we at on the notes? I'm recording. Because uh, we, we we like to like sort of round it off with maybe action people can take and steps. Yeah. And we were talking about things. People are doing good things. Yeah. And there are organizations and there's resources. You just don't hear about them. Yeah. Do you yeah. know, like, of anything that we could join or any good resources that you found or any, anything you could find that the audience could find beneficial? Yeah. Um, so, because, like, when I took a look at the notes, I tried to do my own research of stuff that's going on in St. Louis. And um, I looked up just, like, ways to get involved. Like, I literally Googled um, – I think St. Louis activist events or activism and there was this website that came up and I forgot the name of it unfortunately um, but I'm, pr- I'm sure I can like find it and send it to you guys and it has like 
a list of things going on like in February. So it's like they update it frequently to mm. kind of show different events, whether it's just like, I don't know, like a book club or people. Um, I do have a friend from high school who he always like, I think it's like the acronym is We Can. And I think it's like West County. Um, oh, I forgot the name. But it's like every Saturday they have like a Black Lives Matter vigil in a different spot in West County. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in in St. Louis especially, you know, having two major universities, there's always stuff going on. Like, yeah. you never, like, don't be afraid if you're not a WashU student or a SLU student, like, don't be afraid to show up to their events mm-hmm. or to join their organizations. Because I can say at BU, we, like, our SJP used to have, people who are 50 or 60 years old show up to our meetings um or people from different universities would always come like i would go to i would go to events at harvard or mit and at all the other universities and other university students would show up to ours and it wasn't just a solidarity thing it was just because like you know this university had this event it sounded interesting i want to go to it so even if you might not be directly associated with the community you can always attend and there's no age limit with that um, I would say if you've got, like, high schoolers who listen to the podcast, like, they should totally show up if they want to learn. Or if you've got, you know, people who are young professionals who graduated, don't be afraid to go mm-hmm. back to university. Like, these are hotbeds for activism. Um, so the resource you were talking about lists yeah. things in St. Louis area that are happening? Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, for sure send that yeah, to Yeah, I'll us. definitely that's, send that's, that to you guys. That's amazing, yeah. Because um, it can be hard to, to find. To find uh, it really can, unfortunately. But, like, I think... Because St. Louis is a big city. It's got, there's stuff always happening, and it's it's got a diverse community. So there's I'm just a simple Google search, and you can find a lot of things going on on Facebook, yeah. too. You're so yeah. right. All <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to do is Google Yeah, all you got to do is Google it. I'm so lazy. <laughs> do you have any questions, Manny? No, I think that, that sums it up. Cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, well, inshallah, in the future moving forward, like, we can be that platform where if someone's doing something amazing that they can come on Hackivaldi yeah. and we can like blow them up and then they have like millions of viewers <laughs> <laughs> and, and things change and we have this network and this system and this um, platform in place where we can promote people that are doing these things and yeah, definitely. we can share stories like, that, like yours that can inspire somebody. And, you know, that's the goal moving forward. No, honestly, you're definitely going there. I think you're already doing that, honestly. Like this, when I found, a, found out about the, like the podcast, I thought it was so cool because um, I th- I'd never heard of like a podcast like this before, honestly. Yeah. And I think it's it's really exciting. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. It was surprising for us too. We were Googling like, okay, we got what's our competition here? And like, we're searching, we're searching. You can't find anything. There isn't competition. There isn't. It's good for you guys. Which is good. <laughs> good for us. First we're moving. We're the market. Yeah. Yeah, we're the market leaders. <laughs> we're the uh, we're the Apple of auto podcasts right now. <laughs> and Maddie's Steve Jobs literally. <laughs> he wears black turtlenecks all the time. But thank you for coming on. This yeah. was good. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You got a good energy. Now, f- I feel like I need to go protest right now and start a <laughs> march in this it. cold 32-degree rain right now. <laughs> um, but, yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank you thank you for coming. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for thank sharing you. your story and all the amazing things you're doing. I know we didn't, like, highlight the stuff that you did <laughs> no, post-graduation. <laughs> Mashallah, she won an award, like, the scholarship or something. And uh, 
for like this makeup company? Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know, no, talk but about I saw that. it on. Okay, so um, Huda Beauty is like a really big uh, makeup brand. She, um, Huda Katan, is this Iraqi American woman um, who founded her own beauty brand, which is like super, super popular in the Middle East, but also like all over the world. Um, and she had like a competition for the launch of her new concealer called the Overachiever Concealer and was just asking about, you know, people to share why they're an overachiever. Um, and I was like, you know what, YOLO, I'll shoot my shot. <laughs> Another yeah, shot. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I swear, I swear I usually miss. Um, three but for three. Yeah, three. <laughs> and I just shared my story and she loved it and asked me to um, join, like be a part of the campaign and had me come out to Dubai, which was super dope and wow. just be a part of it and to share my story and everything. So yeah, it was really wow. dope. It was a really cool experience. So what are you doing now in UK? Um, so I'm getting my master's in law at SOAS mm. University in London, um, which is a really cool university. And you know, I'm hoping to just utilize my law degree to just change the world. One yeah. step at a time. So you're not going to law school. You're getting your master's in law. Yeah, yeah. What's so the difference? The difference is I can't practice yet. Oh. <laughs> um, but I wanted to do this as an opportunity to kind of like live abroad, um, to experience mm -hmm. a whole new like country because yeah. I'd never done something like that before. And also I was a little like not iffy about studying law, but I wasn't sure if it would be the right fit for me. And this opportunity came and solidified my love of the law and like the fact that I want to be a lawyer and an attorney. So, wow. yeah. Well, Mohammed, you're right here. Upcoming lawyer. Inshallah, guys, I hope well, so. If there's one lesson we all learn, you keep shooting your shot. <laughs> I'll keep shooting. Keep shooting that shot. I swear I keep missing it. <laughs> yep. All right, God bless. Thank you for joining us. For episode seven, Arab activism. We'll see you guys next time. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam.